Welcome to the Keystone Kickoff Show, brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. Hello and welcome to the Keystone Kickoff Show. I'm Jim Galante along with Andrew P. Shea. Andy, it's here. We've been talking about it for weeks and weeks and weeks. We've got football. We've got football tomorrow, Saturday night, Penn State, West Virginia, Happy Valley. How excited are you? Yeah, and I looked at the Saturday slate, and I mean, everybody, a lot of, you know, almost everybody's playing, but I think this is one of the marquee name name versus name team. You notice I use the word name. Name team on the schedule. It's name team versus name team. It's one of the few really good matchups in terms of name games on the Saturday slate. So that makes it more exciting night game at Penn state. Hello, sign anybody up who's a fan. And I think the anticipation of, you know, this team with this quarterback, which you can't say the team and not include the quarterback has created something in the fan base that I don't, think you've ever seen under James Franklin and maybe not since the 17 season. I I don't know if there was that kind of excitement even in 17 Andy so um it, it, a lot of excitement can't wait for it. And my anticipation Andy was to start our show quarter 1 do camp storylines. And we're still going to do that. But yep. unfortunately, one of those storylines is going to be Landon Tengwall. Um, You know, James Franklin had been telling us he suffered from bumps and bruises. Well, it was a little more serious than bumps and bruises. Apparently, he has declared his medical retirement. Um, very unfortunate for the young man. But my question to you, Andy, is, okay, what does that do now for the offensive line? Yeah, so it's the second It's the second one of these in four years for Penn State, I believe, was Journey Brown. Yeah. Uh, did the same thing right before the season. I believe it was 2019. Might have been 19. I can't remember the exact year because I'm old. But it, it I think... I think they. I think inside Penn State, they've known this for uh, at least a, a, a couple weeks, right? Like definitely more than a week that this was coming. It's not like he's been participate. You know, was participating in camp and was available, and then all of a sudden something changed. I think this has been a process to him getting to medical retirement, and for Penn State's line, it's it's a blow. Right. Like he was an NFL. I think he was an NFL draftable prospect with what he showed two years ago, a little bit last year before he got injured. um, What he was what he showed at the left guard position was at, I think, a pretty high level. It just means that J.B. Nelson's going to be the left guard. I don't know what that means in terms of he played a little bit last year, did pretty good. Right. Like he's like Drew Shelton. He played his four games last year. And I think he played a good bit against Indiana and he was fine, but you know, playing four games and being a spot offensive lineman is different than being the starting left guard. I don't think it's a black hole. 
Penn State should feel good about itself. Phil Troutwine should feel good. James should feel good about what Penn State's done, that when this situation presented itself, it really, yeah, it's unfortunate for Landon. And, you know, we worked with Landon and uplifting athletes, and it's tough for him. You know, he's a good kid, good human being. He'll be fine because he's a good human being and he's got good bones around him. But from a Penn State football perspective, it's a, it's a, to lose a player at that level is going to have an impact, but I don't think the impact's going to be all that great. How's that? Well, I think, Andy, what it does is it hurts this depth we've been talking about. Maybe at the top level, maybe J.B. Nelson comes in and does the job and does it well. But now you take J.B. Nelson, who potentially could have been a backup at both guard and tackle. Well, he's not anymore. He's your starting guard. So you lose a little bit of the depth, which I think is okay if the rest of the line stays relatively healthy. What it does is it reduces your margin for error now um, with health. A, a little bit, Jimmy. Yeah, it does. You're 100% right. But it seems like it, at, as a Penn State offensive line, any of the last three seasons before this year, something like this happens, absolute train wreck, right? Train wreck. This is a blip, and this is affecting depth at a small level. So it's it, But it's still, he was an NFL-quality draftable prospect. Not at the highest levels, but he had serious upside, and that will show up a little bit. Uh, definitely. And what's funny here, uh, Andy, I was putting together the notes for our show a couple days ago, and it's interesting some of the questions that I had on here you know, to get your response to. One of them was team health in general, and I was going to bring up Landon Tengwall, and in the meantime, we find out you know, it's more serious than uh, bumps and bruises, and he's out. The other uh, question I was going to have for you is, who are the youngsters? Who are those freshmen who we think will step up and play? Lo and behold, James Franklin gives us the players who he's going to green light. And what we end up with are four players from the defensive side of the ball. Yep. Tony Rojas, King Mack, uh Zion, Zion Tracy and Elliot Washington. Any of those names surprise you, Andy? No, not really. Um, no, and it's more depth on defense, shocking, um, and more young depth on defense. Surprise, surprise. Not a surprise at all. When I look at the four of them, I think Rojas plays, but I don't think it's meaningful in terms of other than maybe a role. I think both corners, right? Tracy and Washington. Penn State has two really good starting corners. They have another young... I think the greatest opportunity for these youngsters to make an impact could be the two at the corner position. Uh, safety's a crowded house. Unless unless King Mac finds a role that puts him on the field for, you know, 11, 13 snaps a game that, you know, the mad scientist... Manny Diaz needs or he fills a role for safety's going to be a long haul, even though they say he's a green light. I think the two corners, I think you could see them sooner than later. And I'm not sure you don't see him in the West Virginia game. 
I, I think you're right, Andy. The opportunity is probably greater at cornerback. I know a lot of folks, they throw Daquan Hardy into that mix, but you don't Hardy want to, do to me is the slot guy. Yeah, He's I good agree. at it. I want to keep him there, so I need at least a fourth guy among the corners. The safeties, you make a valid point, but Manny Diaz plays so many players. Correct. Correct. That's why these none of these four playing against West Virginia would actually surprise me at all. Because if Penn State's defense is running the show, Manny's going to play 20-plus players. He will easily. It, through three quarters, if Penn State's got its foot on the game, he'll just keep playing them. And he won't change what he's doing. And Well, he does – he plays so many people. These guys are so athletic. And, and I know when you say don't know if they'll play against West Virginia, I know you mean on the defense. I think they'll play on special teams. And oh, yeah. they'll get they'll get their opportunity to excel there. But, again, you know, if you've got that special player with a special skill, Manny Diaz will find a way to get you on the field. So it'll be fun to watch. It may take a lot like a Tony Rojas. Um, by coincidence, I was watching uh, the Big Ten's replay of Purdue game last year. It's funny how different this team was at the end of the year than the start of the year. Kevon exactly. Lee was the first running back out there for, for a few series. So uh, think things change. And even, you know, Abdul Carter, we all know what happened in that game, his first play, but they were well into the game before he got on the field. It developed differently as the season went on. My other question for you, Andy, I had written down was, how do you think the wide receivers have been sorted out? And before you answer, it seems like this week we're getting some reports where in practice, the media is just able to see how they throw players out there in what, you know, Drew Aller goes out there first before Bo Perbola. The assumption is he's first team. At wide receiver, what they were seeing was Keandre Lambert-Smith out wide and Liam Clifford in the slot. You think that may be how this thing is sorting out? I don't think it's sorted out at all, Jimmy. At <laughs> all. I think the better question is, and the better way to look at this, and, and this is a measuring will be a measuring stick for me, is how many players line up at the wide receiver position for Penn State in the first half Saturday night, right? Like when the game, you know. When it when still matters. Yeah, when it's relevant. How much shopping are they still doing? That will tell me what any, you know, what anything that they found out during camp that they want to carry over. The game plan, obviously, we know is still not going to be very um, deep. Is that a good word? But I still think how many different guys line up at the wide receiver position from this group of 12 or 13 that tells me a little bit about what they're sorting out and sort of what they're looking for. Cause I really honestly think they're still shopping and they're going to find out a, they're going to build and fly the wide receiver position this season at the same time. I think you're right, Andy. And because wide receiver, this isn't quarterback, you know, where you're going to designate someone and they're there all the time. You could rotate players in and out and find some things out. The fascinating storyline to me will be 
you know, that slot position. Do you have Keandre Lambert-Smith there, which means a different outside guy, maybe Amari Evans, or do you move Lambert-Smith outside with a different slot guy? And, you know, two of the big candidates are Liam Clifford and Caden Saunders, who are very different type of players. Yep. So that's the, I think will be the fascinating storyline kind of on the, the top end of it, the depth part, the two deep part of it. I'm with you. It's, it's not even come close to being sorted out and it may take several games, <laughs> if not a lot of games to, to, to get there, Andy. All right, that is it for quarter number one, Andy. Uh, stick around. I've got some Penn State versus West Virginia questions for you, Andy. We're going to get to those in Q2. Hey, Penn State fans, here is your chance to take something off your bucket list. That's right, Go PSU RV is offering a full range of RV setups ready for a weekend of great tailgating at their Lion's Den which is the closest single-game RV overnight lot to Beaver Stadium. You can arrive anytime Friday afternoon. Stay until Sunday morning, avoiding all that traffic. Don't miss this unique opportunity. Go online to gopsurv.com and reserve your RV today. Hey, guys, this is Andrew from 409 Tailgate Club, here to talk to you about our new coffee barbecue dry rub set. Over the years, we've developed some great tailgate sauces and barbecue dry rubs, but our new coffee rubs are totally unique spice blends, low in sodium, and feature Happy Valley's finest coffee, W.C. Clark's, roasted right in the cheese shop in downtown State College. So head on over to 409tailgateclub.com, grab yourself some coffee rubs, and remember, always tailgate with honor. We are. StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. Lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, local information from Penn State's hometown website, StateCollege.com. Trust StateCollege.com for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love. Are you ready to elevate your game day experience? Then it's time for turnkey tailgating with Revel XP. You get to tailgate close to Beaver Stadium with our exclusive area next to the soccer field. Revel XP will provide the tent, the chairs, table, even the cooler and ice. We even partner with local food and beverage providers to cater your tailgate event. As someone has enjoyed tailgating with Revel XP, I know you're going to love it. Go to RevelXP.com for more info. It's quarter number two on the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. Hello and welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. It is quarter number two. I'm Jim. He's Andy. We are talking all things Penn State, West Virginia. So, Andy, I've got questions for you. Are you ready, sir? Yeah, let's go. I, 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 let's see what you got for me, Jimmy. All right. Let's, let's, um, I want to hit you on a couple different things that going into this game. And I'm going to start with Drew Aller. And I'm going to ask you a bit later what you're going to call success for Drew Aller. But let me start with this. Do you think he's going to throw for 300 yards? 
I see that as highly unlikely, Jimmy. Uh, With the matchup advantages Penn State has, it just feels unlikely that Drew Aller on starting quarterback debut, there's a British term for you, by the way, uh, it just feels unlikely that Yursich and James Franklin are going to play high rollers with the passing game. And that might be a little bit more about the lack of, say, let's use the word clarity after our conversation in quarter number one at the wide receiver position. That plays a role in this as well. So 300 yards, I think, is a long walk home for Drew Aller in game one with the matchup advantages that Penn State enjoys and the couple dudes that will line up at the running back position next to him. I also think there's a case, Andy, to be made for if they are really successful with him lighting it up, yep. they may be ahead by so much early that they either stop throwing the ball as much or yep. even he doesn't play four quarters, you get Bo Prabula in there. So I, I do think that would be a tough target for him to reach. However, speaking of targets... We mentioned a lot of names wide receiver. There's also a couple really good tight ends. Who do you think will be Drew Aller's favorite target? Who do you think he'll throw to most often? Can I say Theo Johnson? Can you I can. say Nick Singleton? Um, I, I'm just asking. So your short answer at the wide receiver position. I know you're going back to wide receiver. Wallace. No, no, no. Actually, I you could – who would – I think a tight end could be the answer. Candidly, I, I think Theo Johnson is the right answer. I think it's Theo Johnson. If, if I'm not talking about a wide receiver, who I think will be – who in this offense? Yeah, it's Theo Johnson for me. That guy is – he has the highest ceiling of any pass catcher. That includes the wide receivers. He has the highest ceiling of any pass catcher out there. He's healthy. They know Mike Yersich has shown his ability in this offense to take a quarterback and a tight end and mix and match them together and do something special. I think you can replicate that. Last year, Sean Clifford, Brenton Strange. What's wrong with Drew Aller, Theo Johnson? Smells like that's what it smells like to me, Jimmy. I think Theo Johnson gives the best combination of big play capability and also a safety valve, okay? He can fill more than one role as a receiver, and and he's reliable. He's a stud. I think it'd be tough for, to cover him. I'm, I'm going Theo Johnson. All right, let's talk about the running game. Catron uh, Allen, Nick Singleton, do they combine for over 200 yards rushing? No, total yards? Total yards, maybe rushing yards? That's it just feels like a little bit of a stretch for me right now. And it has, it doesn't have as much to do per se with them. It's so you just lost your starting left guard. You've known for two, three weeks, they've been practicing like that. They know JB Nelson was going to be the left guard inside the room, but you just found out that your starting left guard's going to be gone. I didn't see a lot of cohesion at the end of spring practice, you know, they're, they're talented, right? They're, they're, they've got veteran players. But the third element when you're talking about an offensive line is gelling together and sort of, you know, being able to yin and yang a little bit. And 
We have to see that from this group because it's a different group. It's a lot of the same guys, but it's a different group. So I right out of the shoot against a defense that I know is just not very good. It's a 50-50 prop for me, Jimmy, and I see it less likely than more likely happening. If you said total yards, I'd be like, I'll take that one. But just rushing yards, if they get there, Penn State's really taking control of this football game. That's why I clarified and said it was rushing. Yep. I, I'll i take the over on that one, Andy, because I, I just can't see Nick Singleton in this game not having one or two of those really big runs that gets him over 100. And then Katron Allen, seven yards, eight yards, five yards. It's just he's – and you'll look up and see he's over 90 yards. It, it Correct. I, I think they're going to have two over 200 yards rushing, and I am I feel good about that because it's not a great uh, West Virginia defense. I think the running game, they'll be gashing them, I say, over on 200 yards. One last question on the offensive side, and I, I didn't know quite how to phrase this, but I put it this, does a depth wide receiver step up? Meaning, will there be someone other than Keandre Lambert or Trey Wallace who you say, hey, look at that game that he had? So hold on a sec, Jimmy. I'm grabbing my uh, – I'm putting my bet down and I'm grabbing the dice to roll at the craps table. In other <laughs> okay. words, I have a hard time seeing somebody emerge at a level that after four quarters I can say, okay, there's great potential. That guy has really stepped up. I mean, don't forget, just, you know, less than two weeks ago, James Franklin was asking for more out of his wide receiver room. He was asking for more out of them. In other words, I'm not getting as much as I want out of you. I'm asking you for more. He said that publicly. Read the tea leaves. Um, And I'm not beating on these wide receivers. I'm saying that they're not known quantities, and it takes more than four quarters to be a known quantity. There is some potential here if their talent is realized, and we've we've spoken about this. If their talent becomes a little more realized and their development kind of gets to another level, the strength of this team could be in the number of the wide receivers. Well, you look at it and you go, well, they're all the same. There's so many of them. It's kind of a bit of a problem. That could actually become a strength. You want five guys who are playing at their realized talent level and being impact players rather than two or three at the wide receiver position. There is that potential for this. So, but after four quarters, one guy stepping up and me going, whoa, and you going, whoa, that could be your wide receiver one or your wide receiver two. No doubt. I have a hard time seeing that happen. I would take, hey, no doubt. Here's my wide receiver three. Okay. <laughs> I, li- I lied, Andy. That wasn't my last offensive question. I'm making you offensive coordinator. I love doing that. Call the first play. It's a pass. It's a play action to the whoever the running back is, Nick Singleton. Uh, a, a drop back and a simple pass to tight end Theo Johnson running a quick, you know, quick curl and squat route. It's a six or seven yard gain on first down. It's an easy throw. It's an easy one to execute against a West Virginia defense. It'll be like, I don't know what's going on here, Wilbur. And, you know, just a little bit on its own edge. So I think that is my best guess at the first play. I'm calling play action pass. 
looked deep, but he's not open. Hit my safety valve running back, Nick Singleton, who makes a nice gain on the play. All right, let's like now that. go to the defensive side of the ball, Andy. Over, under, four and a half sacks. So, yeah, the the West Virginia offensive line, they're, they're good at run blocking. They, they actually are. And I'm not sure they're as capable pass blockers. And <laughs> there's a good bit of options for Penn State at – the being aggressive and impacting the quarterback in the pocket type thing, which means, and I'm not just talking about the defensive ends. It goes well beyond that. So I think the West Virginia starting quarterback, the the new one, it's actually a homegrown guy. They're not going to the transfer portal for the first time in like three years. Uh, Garrett Green, I think he's an upgrade in my book over, you know, well-traveled journeyman JT Daniels who was their starter last year and is now at his fourth school, which is Rice, after he was the West Virginia starter last year. So Garrett Green's slippery. Uh, it's a tough number for me because it's the right one, Jimmy. Good good number, by the way. It's the right one, but I I think I'm going to go over. I think they're going to go over just because they're they're faster. They're more athletic, and they come from everywhere. Okay, Andy, let's stick with the over-under. One and a half takeaways. Yeah, so the takeaways for me is an interesting thing. I wanted to ask you, I get the emphasis on takeaways, but when you think about this defense, do turnovers jump out as sort of one of the first things you think about as a key element when you think about about this defense? And they matter, right? Turnovers, takeaways, they matter. But is that part of what you think about right away when you think about this defense? I don't. I feel turnovers for this unit are a product of speed, pressure, and the chaos they're able to create and sort of that sort of speedy pressure that they make put an offense under and make them uncomfortable on their own mark. So, but I'm going to still go, I'm going to give you the answer and I'm going to say, why not go over? Because this defense is capable of creating speed, pressure, and chaos. I, I agree with you. The point of emphasis is get to the quarterback, hit the quarterback, hurry the quarterback, and then the residual to that are turnovers, and I think that will happen, Andy. All right, the last question on that side, I think West Virginia is going to want to establish that they could run the ball against Penn State. I'm giving you over-under on West Virginia rushing yards of 160 yards. A year ago, they averaged 170 yards rushing per game. So they do have a good stable of running backs to go along with a good good average to barely good offensive line, and their strength is up the middle of their offensive line. And they have you know two to four running backs that they're going to use and, you know, try and establish. It, whether or not this number goes over or not is about Penn State's defense on third down. So I'm going to go under, 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 because I think West Virginia will try to continue to play to their strengths. And if they can convert on, say, a 40 to 55% clip on third down, they're going to give themselves more opportunity. Third and four, third and three. I'm not talking about third and longs. I'm talking about the third and averages where, okay, you're not going to get three or four yards. All right. Very good, Andy. That's it for quarter two. Stick around. We're going to take your questions in quarter three. 
in Ask Andy. Stay tuned for that. Hey, Penn State fans, here is your chance to take something off your bucket list. That's right, Go PSU RV is offering a full range of RV setups ready for a weekend of great tailgating at their Lion's Den, which is the closest single-game RV overnight lot to Beaver Stadium. You can arrive anytime Friday afternoon. Stay until Sunday morning, avoiding all that traffic. Don't miss this unique opportunity. Go online to gopsurv.com and reserve your RV today. Hey guys, this is Andrew from 409 Tailgate Club, here to talk to you about our new Coffee Barbecue Dry Rub set. Over the years, we've developed some great tailgate sauces and barbecue dry rubs, but our new coffee rubs are totally unique spice blends, low in sodium, and feature Happy Valley's finest coffee, W.C. Clark's, roasted right in the cheese shop in downtown State College. So head on over to 409tailgateclub.com, grab yourself some coffee rubs, and remember, always tailgate with honor. We are. StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. Lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, local information from Penn State's hometown website, StateCollege.com. Trust StateCollege.com for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love. Are you ready to elevate your game day experience? Then it's time for turnkey tailgating with Revel XP. You get to tailgate close to Beaver Stadium with our exclusive area next to the soccer field. Revel XP will provide the tent, the chairs, table, even the cooler and ice. We even partner with local food and beverage providers to cater your tailgate event. As someone has enjoyed tailgating with Revel XP, I know you're going to love it. Go to RevelXP.com for more info. Let's get back to the action on the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. Hello and welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. It's quarter three. We all know what that means. It's time to ask Andy. This is where we take your questions for Andy. He gives us a great answer. When he's wrong, I will tell him he is wrong. And at the end of the segment, we will pick out the best answer. Actually, Andy will pick out the best answer or the best question. Whoever asked that question gets the prize pack from 409tailgateclub.com, including their new coffee rubs. Very good. All right, Andy. Oh, and if you want to send a question for Ask Andy, just download our app, Keystone Sports. You'll see the Ask Andy button, and you can go from there. You're ready for questions. I am ready, Jimmy. More than ready. All right. Let's start with Stan in Nashville who says, Andy, first a food question, or rather a drink question. What's your favorite alcoholic beverage and your favorite non-alcoholic beverage for tailgating? And then he has a – I'll let you think about that. Here's his football question. I real I recognize Penn State is loaded with experienced star power at different positions. However, I feel this team has glaring concerns at key positions that will prevent them from beating Michigan and or Ohio State. Those positions are defensive tackle, wide receiver, quarterback, and special teams. I included quarterback because of Drew's inexperience. Do I have a legitimate cause for concern? So let's start with the first question. Tailgating uh 
drink would be uh, gin and tonic with two limes, and it has to be Tangeray. And you can pre-mix that, so that makes it easy. And you can just you can put ice in it and put a bunch of limes. Or you can just bring your gin and tonic and have ice. And your red Solo cup, you're good. And my non-alcoholic is water because you have to hydrate yourself. Keep hydrated. <laughs> I'm not a soda guy. I don't drink a lot of soda. Um, but and if you don't have gin and tonic, any beer will do as long as it's not an IPA. I, I said it out loud. <laughs> so your second question... About the positions, I just I think you got it wrong. Not you don't have it wrong. You have a valid concern. I think the I can't remember whether you mentioned it third or last, but it would be special teams, and I eliminate sort of the athlete part of that. And I think one of my top concerns about this football team, beyond the wide receiver and the new Jack starting quarterback and the four defensive tackles that everybody thinks are not don't are not going to be a uh, are going to be a problem for Penn State and I get it but I also don't get it it's the kicking game kicking punting and kicking is a very very big concern and something I will be watching closely for West Virginia so I think you're close Stan but I I don't think that that is those are big enough reasons to say they lose to Michigan and Ohio State I don't see it that way very good. Let's move on. Let's get to Sean in Danville, California. With Manny Diaz likely to move on at the end of the season, do you think Coach Franklin will hire from within or bring someone in from outside? And give me a name that you think might be a candidate. Who a name? It is, um, I can't think of his name but it feels like it would be a lateral or maybe even a step down. I, I'm a big fan of Michigan's defensive coordinator and I can't remember his name, but that doesn't feel like likely that you go it, from Michigan see to Penn state. Um, I, I think he hires outside James hire James, James has a short list and James has guys on the inside that have been loyal to him and are doing a really good job, but they, I think they kind of know and understand that in where he's taken Penn state, his coordinator positions aren't necessarily will come from within. He'll hire inside and move guys up obviously as he's shown, but generally speaking, James has a list and James goes outside. So that's the way I'm going to stick with it. I I would not be surprised if Poindexter who had came from Virginia had has what seems to be a good future done a good job with the safeties so he's sort of kind of from the outside as the position coach and I think he had some coordinator opportunities he might be the guy being groomed for it if they're going to hire from within okay let's go with uh Brian from Forsyth County in Georgia it says hey guys love the show Will this be James Franklin's last head coaching stop? And will he win a national championship at Penn State? Oh, man. Nothing easy about that one, Brian, from Georgia. Um, Will this be James Franklin's last head coaching stop? Yes. I'm going to say yes. Because he's the horse for the course. And I, I... I know there's a, you know, sort of, there's a group in the middle, 
you know, on the James Franklin bandwagon that are, you know, can go left or can go right on that on or off. And I understand the way they look at that, but I think he is, I think he's the right horse for the course. And I think he likes it there. I think he enjoys being Penn state's head football coach. So yeah. Will he win a national championship? Well, first he's got to get there. So I'd like to see him get, no, I say no, because they haven't gotten there in a decade under him. You know, I need to see him get to the playoffs and compete at that level before I would even be comfortable ascertaining or entertaining that thought. So right now I would say no. Andy, the way I would answer the question is I do believe this is his last stop. And I think part of it, we know he flirted with a couple jobs. We don't know if he was just using that as leverage a couple years ago. But I think he's aware of how tough it is to build a program. Yep. And, good, good uh, you point. know, there if there was ever a job to take in the college ranks, I think it would have been USC because you could build so quickly there with the recruiting base and so on. I'm not sure those jobs open up that often. And I don't think he wants to go somewhere and build. He realizes how long it took here. Now that winning a national championship, I would love to say yes to that but it is just so hard to win a national championship. And if you think about Ohio state is as good a team as they recruit at the very, very top, the elite, they keep winning conference championships. How many, you know, national, how long has it been since they've won a national championship? It's not easy. And if you're not named Alabama or Georgia, it is particularly hard, right, Andy? Yeah. Think about this, Jimmy, when you're thinking about James and, and you're talking about how hard and what and what he's put in to get this where it was. We are one season removed as we get ready for this one to kick off. We are one season removed from a two-year, mediocre, very below average run for Penn State football with James Franklin as the head coach, right? One season removed. He's... He was putting, you know, he he spent time learning and putting pieces in place and building. And now it's humming. Why? They're they're ranked inside the top 10. They should be, they should be fifth in the country, by the way, in my estimation. Not seventh, but or fourth even. But they're fifth or they're seventh. I'm just saying on the recruiting front and on the performance front, they're pointing upward on the recruiting front. They're really, really going through the roof. It's hard to build that, Jimmy. You've got a really valid point on that front. Okay, let's go to Jimmy in Forest City. He says, Andy, in the 21 season, Ohio State had the fewest punts per game in college football, averaging just two per game. In the last couple of years, Georgia, USC, a, a group of teams were the lowest, averaging 2.4 punts per game or less. I keep hearing Penn State's kicking game is atrocious. I'm not sure that's fair, but we're all Penn State was also very efficient on fourth down last season. With all of that said, uh, kicking game, the defense, short yardage efficiency, do you see Penn State having the lowest number of punts per game this season? I think I think it, you want to – how do you overcome something that is sort of a weakness? You try and hide it. And you can hide it by going for it on fourth down. 
I think they can and possibly could do that. That's a good question because to me, whether or not they become that a little more riskier offense will be predicated on the quarterback. You know what I mean? If you're on the, if you're on the opponent's 43 yard line and you have fourth and three and Drew Aller's playing above expectations and you've got those two running backs, you're going to have a defense guessing. So it will be predicated on what they can do. I like the, I like the prospect and the idea of that it's very interesting. Um, well, you know, I think predicting Andy to have the fewest punts of anybody in the country, right, right. that's yeah, a little no. tough because there's so many variables and circumstances, right. good and bad, that can create that situation. But, yes, I do believe the premise, all the things are in place. The, um, you know, very good at fourth and fourth down uh, efficiency, maybe lack of confidence in your punter and your place kicker. Yeah. All, all lead to fewer punts. Depth okay. of the tight end position. Yeah, that helps a lot on fourth down. Let's go to Steve in Columbia, PA, who says confidence level that the front four um, on defensive line can get consistent pressure on the quarterback if they can, and let linebackers roam and blitz as needed, and allow the secondary to cover and blitz on occasion. That w- would equate to a scary defense. I mean, especially against the two teams that shall not be named. <laughs> you <laughs> I'll bet you he means Michigan and Ohio State uh, there, Andy. But the question is, do you get enough pressure from the front four to do everything else you would want to do on defense? Pressure? Yeah, he's asking about the front four. And, and I'm going to answer that question. But I'm just going to say, pressure is a Manny Diaz staple. He That's why when I talk about the defense, you talk about athleticism, depth, but I look at speed and pressure. They create chaos in an offense and push them off their mark. And, and a lot of that is predicated on their ability to bring pressure. Do I think the top four or the front four are capable? I'm going to give you my confidence number, and it's 8 out of 10. Yes, I think alone, standing alone by themselves, the front four can do it alone. But I think the overall theme of pressure is a Manny Diaz wheelhouse. Yeah, the front four, especially those defensive ends, are so good, Andy. But, but, the point is out. This is Manny Diaz. He's going to bring people from everywhere. That's what he does. And it's effective. And we're going to continue to see that. All right. That is it for quarter three. Stick around. Quarter four, we're going to name a winner. Hey, Penn State fans, here is your chance to take something off your bucket list. That's right. Go PSU RV is offering a full range of RV setups ready for a weekend of great tailgating at their Lion's Den, which is the closest single-game RV overnight lot to Beaver Stadium. You can arrive anytime Friday afternoon. Stay until Sunday morning, avoiding all that traffic. Don't miss this unique opportunity. Go online to gopsurv.com and reserve your RV today. Hey guys, this is Andrew from 409 Tailgate Club, here to talk to you about our new coffee barbecue dry rub set. 
Over the years, we've developed some great tailgate sauces and barbecue dry rubs, but our new coffee rubs are totally unique spice blends, low in sodium, and feature Happy Valley's finest coffee, W.C. Clark's, roasted right in the cheese shop in downtown State College. So head on over to 409tailgateclub.com, grab yourself some coffee rubs, and remember, always tailgate with honor. We are. StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. Lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, local information from Penn State's hometown website, StateCollege.com. Trust StateCollege.com for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love. Are you ready to elevate your game day experience? Then it's time for turnkey tailgating with Revel XP. You get to tailgate close to Beaver Stadium with our exclusive area next to the soccer field. Revel XP will provide the tent, the chairs, table, even the cooler and ice. We even partner with local food and beverage providers to cater your tailgate event. As someone has enjoyed tailgating with Revel XP, I know you're going to love it. Go to RevelXP.com for more info. We headed to the home stretch in quarter number four on the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. Hello and welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. It is quarter number four. He's Andy. I'm Jim. We're getting ready for Andy to preview the Penn State-West Virginia game. But before we do that, Andy, give us the winner. It is Sean in Danville, California, which is, in case you were wondering, is in the East Bay area um, of Northern California. Tell you what, Andy, I was not wondering. However, I was wrong. I thought it was Southern California. So and maybe I should have been wondering about it. Sean, we will get in touch with you about your prize pack. All right, Andy, you get the last word of the week on this uh, Penn State-West Virginia game. I want to know what what we're looking for, what you're looking for in the game. Let's start with when Penn State has the ball. I think most teams, when you go into a game, it's you're looking to establish something. And with Penn State, there's a lot of ways to go with this offense. You've got the two great running backs. Do you want to set up that running game? You've got the new starting quarterback. Do you want him to establish something? Do you? What do you want to see Penn State do on offense? So they're going to be playing against a defense that got a little better last season, but certainly – has a lot more questions and answers. They they have they're basically guys that were backups and transfer portal guys who are trying to show their medal as, you know, number ones at a position. So it's a mix and match defense that I'm not sure is of much quality. So when Penn State has the ball, they're definitely want to go going to establish that they have the better alpha dogs. In other words, Nick Singleton and Katron Allen, those are your two alpha dogs establish that you have them and can use them. And to also prove that they are capable of running behind 
this offensive line in order to open up this offense, right? And notice I said open up this offense and not establish and be a run-based offense. Use your alpha dogs, put employ them in, in a variety of ways, and that includes, you know, using them in the passing game a little bit, and open up this defense by using your strength and your two big dogs and then let your quarterback be comfortable and confident when he looks down the field. I look at it, Andy. I, I, I think you called it well that you're not going to just say, hey, we're gonna, we've got the stud running backs. We're going to pound you. Those guys are going to combine for 50 carries or anything like that. I think we're going to see a lot of RPO-type things where force, force West Virginia to decide, what are we going to stop? Are we, you know, and if you're West Virginia on defense, how are you playing this? Are you saying, you know what, it's a young quarterback. I want to force him to beat us. I'm going to stack the box. I'm going to stop Nick Singleton and Katron Allen. Well, if West Virginia does that, guess what? We're going to see the P part of the RPO. And if they sit back, we're going to see the R part. I think that's what Mike Yursich does. I think that's what we're going to see. Yeah, Mike Yersich's offense isn't inherently built on, you know, established being a run. It's about using six or seven or eight different weapons in a game, all in sort of, you know, an equal balance. You know what I mean? Wide, you know, the wide receiver screen, short routes to the tight ends, you know, run game, run game, use your horses, you know, um, Take a deep shot every now and then. Use the backs out of the backfield. All those t- he likes to mix and match a lot until he gets in the red zone. And then he has a very clear cut, you know, idea and formula of what he wants to do. But I I couldn't agree with you more. It's the run run game for this Penn State offense is simply opening it up for Drew Aller. That is your best scenario for this offense. And then he All goes right, let's talk. Let's talk Drew Aller a bit. What do you expect to yeah. see from him? You know, it's here's how I'm going to clarify it for his first four quarters as a starter. Some good, you're going to maybe see a little bad, and if you think otherwise, you have unrealistic expectations. That's just just be realistic. You're going to see some bad, but hopefully very little, if any, ugly. West Virginia has a little bit of strength in the back seven on their defense. They, they are mildly capable of holding serve at times and getting Penn State off the field on third down. I think Penn State's going to have more say in that than the West Virginia defense, but they can get off the field a little bit in stretches from time to time. They're they're capable of doing that. But I just think some good, a little bit of bad, and if you don't see any ugly, I, I don't think Penn State's going to have a lot of problems. That's my expectation for Drew Allen. I'm looking, Andy, on the offensive side. One of the things I'm going to be looking for is do we, does the team, does Drew Aller, does Mike Yursich develop a confidence in the wide receivers, you know, or, or does he lean so much on the tight ends, on the running backs coming out of the backfield? Can the wide receivers get separation from the de- defense? And I think that's important for them to establish. The last thing I want to say is what I'll look for. I want to see if the deep ball looks natural instead of forced. Does do when they take a shot, 
Does it, is it the right shot? Does it feel like a shot? If it connects, great. If it doesn't, but you know, last year, it just materialized this way. Anything deep looked forced. That would be a huge step forward for him as a quarterback. If, if, and and they're going to take shots, he will take shots. And Mike Yersich will call shots. They're going to take them. What do they look like? That'll be another thing I'm looking for. And that's a place where I think we're going to see a differentiation from Drew, Drew Aller as opposed to Sean Clifford with that deep ball. Let's take a quick look at the other way when West Virginia has the ball. Because before this is over, Andy, I'm going to get a prediction and a bold prediction from you. But gotcha. when West Virginia has the ball, I'm you know the natural thought is, you're West Virginia, you have a good, experienced offensive line. You have a big, bruising running back. You have a quarterback that's mobile. You're a heavy underdog against Penn State. You want, I think, ground and pound is their game plan. Shorten the game. Play to your strengths. Don't let your quarterback get in third and long situations. What do you think? So, West Virginia coach Neil Brown is not a ground and pound guy, right? Uh, he's not been that type of coordinator or head coach. I mean, he's from the late Mike Leach air raid coaching tree, right? But West Virginia has lost their top four wide receivers and their top two tight ends and their starting quarterback from a year ago. Most of those went left Morgantown via the transfer portal. Their offensive line is on equal footing with Penn State's offensive line in this game. It's it's kind of a, a in my opinion, it's an equal it's an equal footing ground. So up the middle is their strength. Their strength is at running back. The, co- the, the quarterback, their homegrown quarterback, not a transfer, is an unknown quantity, but he's a, you know, he's a dual threat guy. The best player on offense is their center. The problem is they're facing a beast of a defense on the other side of the ball. That will, they're not going to be able to just sit on their mark. It will be the adjustments that they make on offense that will show up more than anything when they have the ball. Can they make the adjustments? Because Penn State's going to force them. That defense forces you off your mark. And I think this is a good preview for Penn State's defensive tackles. We think about you know what Michigan can do to them, potentially Iowa, Illinois, and pounding the ball. West Virginia is not in the Michigan category, but if they have the ability to do that against Penn State, that raises some question marks, raises some red flags. It'll be interesting to see how the defense holds up. Okay, Andy, I wanted to leave enough time for you to flesh this out. I need your prediction and a bold prediction, and I'm also going to give my prediction for the game. So... You know, it's been 31 years since Penn State and West Virginia played, Jimmy. And okay. that, that time gap came after they played 46 seasons in a row. So from that perspective, I'm kind of, I can gladly say, it's kind of cool that this game is back on the schedule and where it's placed and the time that it's being played and at Beaver Stadium and on NBC for the first time all adds to this game. But at its core, I don't think this is going to be a very in-depth sort of game. You're, you you might learn something, but I don't, I'm not sure you're going to learn a lot, particularly on offense, because I don't think Penn State's game plan is going to have a lot to it. 
The West Virginia defense, as I mentioned, mainly backups and transfer portal guys. Penn State has a, has a rookie starting quarterback. And the West Virginia defense lacks the balance and the impact ability. So Penn State has a few a huge matchup van, advantage in a couple pretty darn good sophomores at running back and a veteran offensive line that knows the ropes. This will just be give us a good first glimpse of what you're doing, and I think you're going to get it. I'm going to go with my prediction of Penn State 38 and West Virginia 10. That's just my score prediction. My bold prediction, are you ready, Jimmy? Do it. Penn State has at least four and possibly more offensive plays that total at least 30 yards. Four or more. So that should cover the James Franklin explosives, right? Like if they get four or more covering 30 yards, that should cover it where when James is looking at the box or the box score in his press conference and sees the explosives, like, oh, we won the explosives. But I'm calling four or more covering 30 or more yards. Well, I think that's going to happen also, Andy, because I have it. I've been calling all along. I think this is a perfect storm for this team. West Virginia is just good enough to keep Penn State focused and caring yep. about the game, and it's an good opener. Point. I'm calling it 52 to 10. I think they'll start. I don't think James Franklin will call off the dogs. If he could put up half a hundred, he's going to put up half a hundred, Andy. Oh. I know, I know, especially a shortened game now with the new rules and all that. Right. But if he has a chance, he, he wants to roll. He wants to impress the voters. He wants to be, you know, his team out there. So I think they go crazy against this team. And my bold prediction, and I'm not sure it's bold if you're going to score 50 points, I think Drew Aller will throw for over 300 yards. And I think once they start racking up the points, Yursich and James Franklin can't help themselves. They'll keep piling on. All right, Andy, that's it. We'll see what happens on Saturday night, and we'll talk about it next week. Hey, Penn State fans, here is your chance to take something off your bucket list. That's right, Go PSU RV is offering a full range of RV setups ready for a weekend of great tailgating at their Lion's Den, which is the closest single-game RV overnight lot to Beaver Stadium. You can arrive anytime Friday afternoon. Stay until Sunday morning, avoiding all that traffic. Don't miss this unique opportunity. Go online to gopsurv.com and reserve your RV today. Hey guys, this is Andrew from 409 Tailgate Club, here to talk to you about our new Coffee Barbecue Dry Rub set. Over the years, we've developed some great tailgate sauces and barbecue dry rubs, but our new coffee rubs are totally unique spice blends, low in sodium, and feature Happy Valley's finest coffee, W.C. Clark's, roasted right in the cheese shop in downtown State College. So head on over to 409tailgateclub.com, grab yourself some coffee rubs, and remember, always tailgate with honor. We are. StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. Lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, local information from Penn State's hometown website, StateCollege.com. Trust StateCollege.com for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love. 
Are you ready to elevate your game day experience? Then it's time for turnkey tailgating with Revel XP. You get to tailgate close to Beaver Stadium with our exclusive area next to the soccer field. Revel XP will provide the tent, the chairs, table, even the cooler and ice. We even partner with local food and beverage providers to cater your tailgate event. As someone has enjoyed tailgating with Revel XP, I know you're going to love it. Go to revelxp.com for more info.